Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to Reflections from the Heart. This is Tom DeAngelis and I'm joined this morning by Ardo Day. Good morning. We're, we're here to break open the Word of God. Uh, our gospel this week is Matthew 11 uh, verses 25 to 30. If you would like to grab your Bible and and uh, look up that passage. Uh, before we get started here, I would like to open us with a prayer. And one of my favorite prayers from our um, Stewardship of Prayer book, which is available uh, through our website if you'd like to order one or several, many, uh, they're available for uh, donation. There, on the second page, there's a, there's a quote from John's Gospel, and uh, we have it titled, Jesus' Prayer for Unity. And it's one of my favorite prayers. It's Jesus praying for us um, at the Last Supper um, before he was taken captive and, uh, and sacrificed for us. So I'd like to read that prayer as our opening reflection. Jesus' prayer for unity. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, And I have given them the glory that you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you love me. And that's from John's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 20 to 23, if you'd like to look that up or note it. So the Gospel for this week is um, Matthew 11 verse 25 to 30, and Art, would you give us, as David says, would you give us some gospel love? (laughs) I'd be very happy to, Tom. Thank you. Um, And it says here in, in Matthew, it says, at that time, Jesus exclaimed, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the little ones. Yes, Father, such has been your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. One of the first things that, that came to my mind when I read this gospel is that in last week's gospel, Jesus talked about taking up our cross and following him, and uh, that if we don't do that, that we're not worthy of him. And this week he says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so you have to ask the question, on the surface, it looks like Jesus is saying two 
contradictory things. And then actually that passage from last week's gospel is right before this passage. It's chapter 10 in Matthew's gospel. So it comes right before uh, that we're reading this week. So as we read through that last section there where Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, but come to me. And then he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Come to me and learn from me. And when you learn from me, what you'll find out is that this labor, this sacrifice, this cross that I ask you to take up in your life, it may be sacrifices for your loved ones. It may be sacrifices for people that you work with, people that you run into day to day. When you get to the point where you have taken up your cross and you have come to me and you're actually carrying your cross the way I carried my cross, then you will find that this yoke fits you perfectly. It's a perfect fit for you. It will ease your burden and ease your labor and you will find rest even in the sacrifice. So. You know, Jesus Jesus is saying I think too. I that's you know, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Uh you know, the yoke, you know, you think of oxen that are yoked together, you know, that are pulling a plow and mm-hmm. they're sharing the burden, you know. So the burden becomes light because it's not just one pulling it, you know. Yeah. Jesus is saying he's he is going to pull us through our burdens and our labors in life. Right. Um, why? So that I suppose that we can remain faithful to him, you know, and I, and the learning part of it to me, you know, I had, I had some friends, um, they were, they were Anabaptists and I, I can remember when their daughter was getting married. And one of the concerns of the father was, was that the, that the young man that, that they were married, that they were evenly yoked. And I used to think that was a, you know, funny way of putting it, you know, like my daughter is an ox, you know, (laughs) she was very beautiful. She was no ox, let me tell you, you know, but, um, you know, it was like, they have to be, you know, of one heart. And, and that's what Jesus is, is asking us to, you know, to come to him, learn from him so you can be of one heart with him. Um, You know, how easy it would be to pull that plow you know those burdens in life. Um, you know, if if you're evenly yoked with Him and you're doing what God wants you to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it's 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 a beautiful image. It, yeah. it is a beautiful image. But I'm not an ox. You know, <laughs> I am a human being, and you know, and and Jesus, you know, is the God made man. He, you know, he has that human side, and he understands, and he's going to help us, you know, uh, through life. He is meek and he's humble of heart. He's not going to put us down, you know, uh, you know, because we're burdened. No, he's just going to put that yoke upon his neck that we have on ours and pull. Mm-hmm. So as we pick up our cross and we follow him, which is another image, the cross is another image, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to be there with us. Yeah, and I think, too, it, uh, where he says, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. So the lesson that we need to learn is really the meekness and the humility of heart. And I think, too, I, I mentioned this earlier in the week when we were, and I was with a, another group, but you and I were there, Art. Mm-hmm. And I recall from, um, from my childhood, actually my altar server days, when I used to serve weddings um, at St. Joan of Arc, there was a standard homily back in the 60s that was always read. It was the same homily. The priest would read it, uh, unlike our, the homilies today where... The priest usually says something particular to the to the couple, and you know he he has a, he has the message of marriage, but but specifically as how it relates to the couple and maybe some things about them. But this one was a standard, and I still remember it because I probably heard it I don't know fifty times, but it just stuck in my mind. There was a part where it says you're about to enter a, 
a, uh, a sacrament, engage in a sacrament, which is most serious and most sacred. And further down, it says that uh, whatever sacrifices that you will be required to make, make them lovingly. And it, and it goes on to say that um, only love can make sacrifice easy and perfect love makes it a joy. And I and I I never forget that only because it helped me understand even at a young age. I mean, I think it was in probably in fifth grade, sixth grade, something like that. But it stuck with me because when we do things out of love, no matter how hard they are, no matter how big of a sacrifice they are, love makes them easy when we do them out of love. And I think about when I was growing up with my family and my, you know, my my brothers and sisters, my parents. When you do something out of love at, at versus duty or spitefulness because take the garbage out, you know, it's your, it's your turn, take the, you know, and, but I'll do it because I care. I do it because I love. And you just have to remember to put the love in your heart. You have to remember to be meek and humble of heart. And then it makes it easy. And, and then it goes on to say, and perfect love makes it a joy. Now, I don't know that there have been many things in life that I've struggled with that ended up being a joy, but I can think of some, I can think of a few and, uh, but it's worth the struggle, and I think it's part of what the message of Jesus is here, that it's not just it's not just what we do in church. It's not just learning how to pray better. It's learning how to live better. It's learning how to make our life a prayer and learning how to make the things that we do, the difficult things, the easy things that are joys by themselves because they're, they're gifts from God, but the difficult things, to see those as an opportunity for joy and a gauge on whether we're developing meekness, whether we're developing humility of heart, because to the extent that it's not joyful or that it's not at least easy, then we probably don't have that in our hearts. We're probably doing it for God and doing it for the people around us. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that, I sometime, that sometimes hit me is, does it need to be done if I'm just doing it for myself, you know? Is it going to benefit anybody else? Is it a help to anybody else? Is it a is it a sacrifice for anybody else? I think you got the key there when you when you mentioned when you when you mentioned doing it in love. I mean, Jesus tells us to be as perfect as His heavenly Father is perfect. And if you go to the Epistle of John, John tells us clear out that God is love. So if you're going to be perfect, mm-hmm. um, you know you you do you do it in love. You do it in a sense of self-forgetting. You do it for the other person. You know um, that it, you know I it, it's it's hard you know not to be ambivalent about things. You know it's very hard you know to not. You know what? What's in it for me is is usually is usually the yeah. mantra you hear today. Oh, well, I'll do it, but what's in yeah. it for me? Yeah. You know, um, we don't always focus in on on the other person first, and 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 that's I think that's what sacrifice is. Sacrifice is is kind of like forgetting yourself. Um, and if you learn from Jesus, Jesus's life was was a life of self sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what? What did he ever really do? You know that was totally for himself. Think about it. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I challenge anybody to go through the Gospels and find something that Jesus did just for himself. I mean, if you go back to the, 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 the even the one, the beginning. I forget which Gospel it is, but it starts out pretty early, where Jesus is is tempted by the devil, and and the, and the devil is giving him all these things that he can do for himself. Hey, you're hungry? Hey, turn these rocks into bread, man. Yeah. You can just sit down and you can you can munch out, and you know you've been starving yourself for 40 days, have something to eat, you know, and then he tells him, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lay out all these cities before you, you know, you, you can have them, you know what, I'm, I'm the prince of the world, you know, I'll give it to you, you know, uh, you know, and G- Jesus rejected, rejected all, all that temptation 
and he because he knew that if he had done that, his whole ministry would have been for naught, right? right? Because he would not have done it out of self-sacrifice. He would not have done it out of love. And if you go back to the yoking in this gospel, you know, he is taking the yoke, you know? He's got it already on his neck, and he's mm-hmm. saying, you know, come, come with me. You're burdened, you know? Put yours on with me. We'll carry it together, Yeah, you know? I, I think you're right. I, I, You know, Jesus is asking us to to do things out of love. You know? Yeah, and that was a that was a great insight too because I'm I'm thinking when you first said um you know I, I, you know I challenge anyone to find something in the gospels that Jesus did for himself. Well, my first thought was, well, he went off on his own, but he went off on his own to pray to the Father. Mm-hmm. And then he went off, he took the disciples off with him frequently, went to pray, to get away, to, you know, but he did it for them. He did it for the Father. And my sense is, and I don't, you know, who knows what the communion between the Father and the Son is like when Jesus is off praying mm-hmm. on his own, but my sense is that he went there to to recommit, to refresh, to remind, to reconnect in a way that would allow him to go back and serve better, mm-hmm. you know, that right. maybe... He was getting burned out. Maybe he needed some time. Maybe he—who knows what goes on in the mind of God, you know? But, but that the fact that that even though he did it for himself, it was so he could come back and serve better. You know that he could he could be more united with his father. And really, at the heart of that is is a love of the father. And so it still isn't for him. It's still yeah. for the for the father. And I think too about we often, you know, I often think about. Um, uh, I and mean, this just came up this morning in one of the prayer groups I was in. We were talking about doing certain things for the glory of God, you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there's a place where we can strive to do our best to get recognized, but then turn the glory over to God. But in order to do it, we have to do it well. In order for it to give glory to God, it has to be something that would glorify God. It can't be, you know, it, it can't be something that's immoral. It can't be something that's evil or something that's suspect. It needs to be something that's clearly an accomplishment or clearly something that requires a sacrifice. Uh, it could be shoveling garbage. It could be, you know, going out and taking care of the poor to the poor like Mother Teresa. I mean, those things are clearly admirable, but it could also be, you know, I think back because we just went through, uh, we just, you know, just had the beautiful barn raising at, uh, you know, at the Ironstone Ranch of the Star Barn. And I think about all that work that, you know, God bless David and Tyranny for, you know, the for the gifts that they're mm-hmm. giving to the community yeah. with their, you know, with the resources that they have. And uh, but I look at that and I think that this the grandeur of that of that whole situation. But they that they've given all glory to God and they said they've they, that they're stewards of God's resources and they're giving back to the community. So even that, even in the grandeur, even in the great things that happen, if we orient it, turn it toward God, it still has the aspect of being of service. It still has the aspect of being a sacrifice. And that's what I think makes the difference between, you know, uh, and that was a great insight. You know, all the temptations that Jesus underwent are all temptations to be selfish, to take care of yourself, to, you know, get get some food. Oh, you've been fasting. You deserve, you know, Uh do do a miracle here. Take care of yourself. And it's really, it's it's a great insight because it really is the difference between selfishness, where we turn in on ourselves and mm-hmm. try to go after everything, and Jesus, and Jesus even says that you know, if you give up your life, you'll find it. If you if you preserve your life, you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I mean just it, just in simple things. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be anything great. But you th- think about you know, com- coming home from work, 
right? And 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 the thing is, you want to relax. You know, you you don't want to be bothered with anything. You've had a rough day. You know, maybe the boss yelled at you or one of your clients, things didn't go well. You know, and the first thing you want to do is reach for a drink and just sit down and just, you know, relax. You know, maybe, maybe that is just an invitation of prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if, if you think about it, what could be more relaxing than sitting down with God. I mean, if he is going to share his burden, your burdens with him, he's going to take him upon himself, what could be more relaxing than spending a few moments with God? My day goes to garbage when I do not start it out with prayer. And, and I really sense for myself, um, you know, the liturgy of the hours really, really work for me. And, you know, and just starting the day, you know, with that opening prayer, that you start with the invitatory, you know, it, you know, think about it. You know, it's, it's, it, it tells you what to do. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Yeah. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving yeah. and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Yeah. Well, why? Yeah. Why? Because the Lord is God, the mighty God, the great king over all the gods. Right. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. Yeah. God's grandeur is laid out before you just for prayer. And all he's just saying is, just know your place. Know that I'm God, and and just give me a little bit of time, just a little bit of praise. So before coming home and taking that drink, why not thank God for the day? That may have been a rotten day, but you know what? You didn't die. You're still above ground, and you have a chance to do it all over again and to do it better, Mm -hmm. you know, to realize that Jesus is with you, you know? He's not against you, you know? Take my yoke upon you, you know? I'm going to make your burden so much easier, yeah. you know, and, and you're right. It's, 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 it's just starts with a little bit of prayer. Yeah. It starts with a little bit of prayer and then you move, you move into, you know, a life that's more loving. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to approach God, if you're going to approach the father, John says, God is love. I mean, it couldn't be more simple and we, we complicate everything. Yeah. We, we, we complicate it with things we don't need. Right. Right, so where where do we go from here? You know, where do we go from here? Well, the 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 part that that you just touched on with with the love. Um, first of all, I I completely agree with that, and I think the thing that we have to remember because I'm going back to where Jesus said, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." And then you you know you jump to John's gospel and you talk about love, which is very helpful. It informs that whole thing. But then I come back and I say, when Jesus went on from there, he said, "Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, who makes the sun to shine on the good and the bad alike." Mm-hmm. Well, and and then further later or other elsewhere in the gospel, Jesus talks about if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? Right. So we got the easy part of love. Mm-hmm. We can do that stuff easily. You know, that's right. part of a part of just kind of our, our nature. The thing that we're being called to do and to learn to do well and learn to do with ease is love those who aren't lovable, who love those who, you know, because our Heavenly Father does that. If we're going to be perfect like our Heavenly Father, he makes the sun to shine and the rain to fall on the good and the bad alike. So do we? Do I do that in my life? Do I look for those opportunities or do, do I walk away from a grumpy person? Uh, a nasty person, a person who I'm uncomfortable around because right. they, because maybe I'm fearful, maybe I'm worried about something. 
do, do I take that yoke upon me and do I approach it with love or do I approach it with fear, right? Because right. selfishness is really fundamentally a fear that I'm not going to get what I deserve. I'm not going to get what I'm due. I'm not going to get what, you know, what I should be getting. And so I've got to get it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's really uh, a lot of people in the reflections on theology of the body have mentioned that that's really, that's really Eve's sin is she, instead of just accepting life from God, she reached out and grabbed Right. She took mm-hmm. the apple as opposed to allowing God to continue to feed them and give them the good things of the earth, the good things of the garden. And so there fundamentally it changes when I start realizing that maybe God isn't going to take care of me. Maybe I need to start taking care of myself. Maybe I'm just thinking about it for myself as opposed to just being for God and being for other people. So the good and the bad alike is where we get that just being for – because if, I, if I'm, just, I'm just being for the people in my life that I like that are good to me – that's only half of the story. The other half is the people who aren't good, who make me uncomfortable, who make me fearful. Who, how do I learn to love them? How do I learn to do what's best for them? Mm-hmm. How do I learn to be easy around them? How do I learn to make that sacrifice easy and 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 then maybe perfect it as my heavenly Father is perfect and make it a joy? Mm-hmm. You know, I often wonder: Does God have joy in sending the rain and and the sunshine on people who are? prostitutes, people who are pimps, people who are beheading people, you know, does God take joy in that because of the sacrifice, not because he takes joy in the immorality of what's going on, but the fact that they're still my kids, you know, when your kids run off and do something stupid, when they take your, your wealth and run off and end up in the pigsty, you know, you still love them. They're still your kids. You're not happy. You you wish it wouldn't happen, but there it is, you know? And how how do we get to the point where, like Mother Teresa, we can wrap our arms around a leper and say, you know, come come into my to my place. We'll take care of you. You can die here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for those of us that are a little older, you remember the old Baltimore Catechism. What was, what was the mm-hmm. first question? You know, you know, who made me? Oh yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. God made me, right? So if God made me, He made like you, what you're hitting on. He yeah. made He made all these people. Yeah. You're right. They're all His children. You know, I, I, I thought back to this um, movie I saw recently. Um, you know, I think it was called The Shack. And I mm-hmm. mean, it was one of the most powerful movies I have ever seen in my life because what the forgiveness that God was calling that man to do, you know, he was asking him to forgive that man that had killed his little daughter, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, how, you know, and I mean, the struggle that he went through with that, I mean, the first thing in my, my thought was, you know, what, that, that, that guy deserves to be strung up and, you know, and drawn right, and quartered, right? right? Um, not forgiven, you know, but but that's not what God calls us to, you know? I mean, it, it, it what that guy went through in the end was, was nothing short of heroic virtue. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, 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 he had to, he had to bring his oldest daughter around to thinking that she wasn't responsible for the child's death. You know, he had to forgive himself for, you know, having run away, you know, to, you know, to rescue a, a child that had, had fallen in the, in, in the lake, you know, and then the little daughter went missing. But then ultimately he was called to forgive the man that murdered his daughter, mm. you know, and he had to bury, he had to bury the daughter in his heart, you know? Right. Um, you know, and, and, and through the movie was very interesting. I mean, who did he meet? I mean, he met the Trinity, you know, mm-hmm. and the Trinity helped him through it. Yeah. You know, they didn't, they didn't abandon him. They picked him up, 
God picked him up, carried him. Even yeah. when he didn't want to be carried, even when he was running away, you know, poof, there's God again, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, um, very, very powerful. And, and the things that you're saying is very, very, is very, very true. I mean, when you don't forgive, who ultimately is, is hurt? I mean, that yeah. burden is on your heart, you know. It's, right. it's weighing you down. I mean, it's dragging you down, um, you know. And you think about all the bad things. You know, I mean... How many of us, I mean, you ever stop and pray for the president of the United States? You ever stop and pray that, you know, ISIS might have a change of heart, you know? Mm -hmm. We ever stop and pray for a better world? You know, God, I can't make this a better world. There's too much evil out there. You, you know, you tangled with evil. You, you, you took evil to the cross. You know, you know what to do, but I don't, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You know, but, you know, help me to pray. Right. I mean, that's what, I mean, you, you know, this, this gospel passage in some senses is very Trinitarian. I mean, it's explicitly you have the Father and the Son there, mm-hmm. but then it says, you know, no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal him. Well, who's going right. to do the revealing today? The Son has ascended to the Father. He sits at the right hand of the Father, right? It's God, the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal, right. you know, to our hearts. You know, we're not abandoned. Right. We're not abandoned. And, and where, does the, where does the Spirit reside? The Spirit resides in God's church. Right. Go to church. Pray. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things I think we sometimes forget is that, you know, Jesus promised that, our, that the Spirit would be with his church, you know. And so um, the, the, where, the, where the church speaks with the authority of, the, you know, the chair of Peter and, the, and the, you know, the magisterium of the church and teaches tradition consistent with the gospel, not in opposition to it or not inconsistent with it, but consistent with the gospels. Um, and where that's been consensus over the, you know, thousands of years, I think we, we can experience the Holy Spirit in that way. Mm-hmm. And that's a, great, that's a great comfort that we have in our church. And I think going back to the opening prayer, Jesus' prayer for unity, hopefully that spirit comes out of us and is communicated to others, especially those that we're not in full communion with that hopefully someday we can be. So um, I hope these reflections have been helpful for you. I hope they help you through the week. Um, But especially, I hope when you hear the gospel on Sunday uh, at Mass that you'll reflect on some of the things that we've talked about and some of the challenges, because I think Jesus does challenge us here to come to him, to, to as, he's, as you said, Art, he took evil to the cross. Can we do the same thing? Can we take the evil in our life, the difficulties in our life, and take him to the cross? Come to him and learn from him. Take his yoke upon us and, and learn from him and become meek and humble of heart because that's who we're called to be. And we're called to be Christ for other people. And this is the instruction book. This is how we learn how to do that. Um, but the practice is out in the field. That's where we, that's where we have to go. So, Amen. God bless all of you, and have a beautiful week. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.